conservative. You got more important things than the clap to worry about. Mike, put your pants on. <laughs> I can't. I need to escape, Nick. So I'm making a tasty beverage here. Ooh, what are you? Wait, what are you? I making? was gonna. I was gonna say, are you? So, Nick, I'm making me a pina colada. And in case you listeners haven't realized, that song, Escape, also known as the Pina Colada song, written and sung by Rupert Holmes, is our song today on the Song Topsy Report. I'll be your here for a good time host, Mike Russell. Uh, I'm Nick Brigadier, who is kind of impressed that somehow, Mike, I did not realize that that was going to be the tangent you would use to lead into the song, despite the fact I was staring right at the song as we were speaking. (laughs) And I'm the guy who saw it coming from a mile away and was wondering why Mike was making a bunch of noises for Foley work, Steve Trollinger. Oh, I was, I was trying to get get the movement going here guys you know i'm trying to get that feel i i didn't think we were going to start because you were making such a god-awful racket i was like well we're not starting yet otherwise you uh, would be making all this noise like at least be I, honest with me are you actually making a pina colada yeah look at this here that's uh, why i got the i got the ice clinking all right now because the the tune makes you feel so good nick and it's a shame it's a love story full of deceit treachery and well i guess a, just a bit of disloyalness and I figured before I fill our hearts with paranoia, I should fill my gullet with a tasty pina colada. That is so, a beautiful sentiment. So to let the listeners know, they may not know, what is in a pina colada, at least the one I'm creating right now. You got a little bit of your Malibu rum here. You got a little Malibu rum. All right. Go, 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 go. This is our new mixology right. podcast, the Mixtopsy <laughs> Report. If, uh, you got a little bit of a... I don't know if you're supposed to put as much as this, but a Bacardi Gold I'm reading at one of these recipe sites. A little glug, glug, glug. Then you got to throw in the old pineapple juice. You got to get the pineapple juice going. Listeners, go. tune in every week to help us support Mike's drinking habit. I got I had no idea this is what... The, <laughs> this is how we were doing this today. Now, Mike, I will say... Well, first off, uh, listeners, if it is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I will say this song... Uh, Listeners, if it is your first time listening, I also don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it would be fun to kick things off. If it's a song about pina coladas, how could you not be drinking a pina colada? Tune in next so, week when we cover the song Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, the song only has one lyric. Why Is this just an excuse for you to get yourself soused every time we record? I wrote a, a new song called Vodka, guys. <laughs> Today on the Song Tops Report, we'll be covering 100 bottles of beer on the wall. Join us at beer number 53 when I pass out. <laughs> Steve, but- I'm glad you think my body has such endurance for, for the booze there. That's 53. What? That's an impressive number. That's. But Mike, it's interesting you chose this song because as the primary researcher uh, on this, I feel like you can... This song is a song that I feel like almost anyone in the world, almost regardless of language, can at least sing the chorus to this. But I feel like truly Ah. not as many people think about what the song is actually about. And it became like the chorus is so good. And it's such a good song from a songwriting standpoint. People almost don't realize the problematic nature of it. 
They don't. You're absolutely right, Nick. And actually, right, could you play the chorus for me one more time as I have my fresh pina colada right here, ready to go? Let's absolutely. Just get in the mood for... Betrayal. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Oh, all right. If you're not into your... So, let's just dig right into it, guys. And you're right, Nick. And we and we can dig into the to the how this love this is one of the I, I don't know, you can't really call it a dark love story, but it's it's just a little out there. It's not your typical uh lovey feel good. It's you know, it was the swing in seventies. It was a different feel. Okay, not every decade but, gets to be the swinging <laughs> insert decade name, Mike. Yeah. Oh, but okay. So listen, let's dig into Rupert Holmes. Who is actually his real name is David Goldstein, but we can get that in a second. And uh, how things started with our pina colada man, okay? As so he Rupert, was known the rest of his life. As he, well, you know, he kind of is. It, it's a shame with these one-hit wonders when the artist can still be so talented. But in any case, he was born in Northwich, Cheshire, England, uh, under David Goldstein. Um, oh, I, I, was, I was about to piss off our UK listeners and say, Mike, it's pronounced Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I felt like there was another artist we covered that was from that same place, and we butchered the name, and one of our UK listeners corrected us. And I, I hope that was still it. Oh. If there's one thing the British are excellent at, it's correcting Americans. <laughs> now, guys, I think I made an, an error with this beverage. <laughs> <laughs> this is antifreeze. <laughs> I am shocked and amazed. I put coconut milk in instead of coconut cream. I figured it'd be about the same, but I think it's curdling. It doesn't matter. Cream is curdled anyway. So anyway, so Rupert Holmes. At six years old, his family moves to Nanuet, you know, a suburb outside New York City. He attends Nyack High School and he gets enrolled in the Manhattan School of Music, okay? He goes there and started working as a session musician and producer when he got out. And his first big break was writing for the Cufflinks, a band that was a front for Ron Dante. Is anyone familiar with him? Ron Dante? I am not. No. Uh, he was this guy, and he actually sang for a number of these studio-based pop groups. And he was part of the Archies, and they had the smash hit Ooh, Sugar Sugar. I know the Archies. It's yes. the only band based on a fictional band. Other than Wait. the monkeys. I think they're a little bit different than the monkeys, but it's the only time a comic book band ever became pretended like they were real. Oh, that's hilarious. Because you know what the Archies are. They are they are they from Archie? Yeah. The 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 from band the, that, the band that Archie himself leads, the Archies. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica's in it and Betty's in it and Jughead's in it. And so the Archies, the group, the Archies are actually like a group of studio musicians who pretend to be the characters from the Archie comics. As the Archies, the band Archies from the comic. So, in any case, after after the the Sugar Sugar came out, the producer wouldn't let Dante sing anymore. Holmes finished the album, and they had vocal. He was doing the vocals for like Jennifer Tompkins and Thank You Girl, a couple of hits off that. So, his real um, monumental move, though, was when he produced his album Widescreen in 1974. It didn't chart. However, Barbara Streisand was a big fan. Ugh. And after she... 
not a Barbara Streisand. Tell fan? us how you really feel about Barbara Streisand, Nick. Wonderful voice, apparently terrible human being, from what I've gathered. You gotta separate the art from the artist, Nick. If it weren't for her, Mike, we, we covered Charles Manson. How can you say that? <laughs> so, in any case, so she hires Barbara Streisand hires on Rupert Holmes to do a portion of her 1975 album "Lazy Afternoon," and they had a co-written song together called "By the Way." When it came to widescreen, uh, you know, it he was, preferred it was a very Rupert's specific aspect ratio. You can't call it widescreen no. when you release it in four by three. Come on, Roop. Also, um, Mike, I truly hope when I'm editing this episode and the listeners are hearing it that every clink of your pina colada glass is heard because Mike, your uh, listeners, <laughs> he actually poured it. He's drinking it as we speak. I can't. He made tell it wrong, you, and he's drinking it. Happiness or rage, Nick? I- <laughs> Usually, I hate it when there's when there's noise that I have to edit out. But in this case, I, it's appropriate. I feel like for the song we're covering. It's, you know, I'm glad it's appropriate. But in any case, so to get to the song we're covering, first we gotta talk about widescreen real quick. Uh, Rupert said this about his album: "I'm proud of the album because I was given the chance to do what I like," said Holmes. And I chose to do something odd, quirky, and eyebrow-raising. But at all times, deeply, passionately felt in my career, whenever I'm eschewed the smart choice and done the odd thing, has always paid off for me in ways I never anticipated. But in any case, so he does all this. He feels pretty good about it. And even though it didn't chart, he got to meet Barbara. And it goes, uh, you know, thanks to this, uh, many previously locked doors opened for me. All right. So I go about him all day because if you know, if anyone out there knows Rupert Holmes, yes, he's a mystery novelist, a playwright, composer, arranger, screenwriter, conductor, singer, songwriter, and he's the first person in theatrical history to solely win Tony Awards as an author, a composer, and a lyricist. Lyricist. Wow. And you may you may know his musical Drood. It was like it was one of his biggies. I so just knew like him it's, from the Pina Colada song. It's like winning an EGOT, but instead of EGOT, it's. No, Steve, that's a jazz award, and it's pronounced Oh, my God. Okay. This is, uh... But, guys, enough about all this. It's time to truly dissect into what is, uh... One of one of the top hits of... Well, actually, was number one, the first song to be number one in two different decades, because it was December of 1979 and January of 1980... Uh, started from the beginning, let's dissect into Escape, the Pina Colada song. Wait, before Nick does the slicey sound effect, Mike, this is the third episode you've done where you've said the phrase dissect into. You don't have to say into, you just say dissect. Let him say it if he wants you to, You don't Steve. have to, what do you mean you don't dissect into? You just dissect the song. You don't dissect into the song. It's... I know it doesn't matter, but I can't stand it when you say it. Steve, what's what's the phrase? Because it's not potato, potato, because it's like more of a half a sentence. I but, think the you phrase know, is go fuck yourself. <laughs> dissecting into, dissecting upon. You know, whatever it is, Steve. I don't fucking know. But Guys, in the spirit of compromise, why don't we? Why don't you meet in the middle and say, let's dissect in this song. You cut out the two part of it, so Mike still gets to say you're dissecting in something. And That's even Steve, more grammatically incorrect. Well, I don't know, Steve. You, you know, compromise is 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 next to godliness. Let's take out our metaphorical fucking knives and cut into this bitch. 
<laughs> That's fine. There that one is. was fine. A dissection is imperative. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. All right. Let's, let's, so we are off to a, uh, well, from, from what the chorus feels like. The beginning feels like a misstep in this in this love story. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of your favorite song. How does that make you guys feel? I've never heard anyone be so poetic about being a dick. Because <laughs> he has a, he has a very pleasant singing voice. Well, I think and I think that's why. I mean, I I'll tell you what. The, it was probably last year, maybe. Hearing this song, where it dawned on me, oh shit, they were they were cheating on each other. <laughs> but well, we haven't gotten that part yet, Mike. Spoiler okay, alert like, for this forty-year-old song. And, and if you wonder how, <laughs> we're gonna get right into that soon. But it's um, I I like I like his way of saying like a worn-out recording. Of your favorite song, except for the fact that I never stop playing that song, though. You know what I mean? Even if that song becomes horrible to you and that song lashes out at you for no good reason, the song beats you nearly to death and steals all your shit and leaves Steve, you for you dead a, on the side do, of do the road. Do you need to talk about something, Steve? Is everything okay? Oh, I'm not talking about me. I I love this song. You're just just crying on the dance floor. Oh god. Are you are you okay, man? I love it so much. Don't ever stop the song. I like how uh I like how the past couple of Mike centric episodes he came in drunk, and this time the listener gets to go on the journey with him. <laughs> Come on this escape with me, listeners. We can have pina coladas and that well, I guess that's about it. I don't know. Nothing else. <laughs> let's get let's let's get back in. But all the, we know, he's tired of his lady. They've been together a long time. Usually that's a good thing. But now he's feeling like it's a worn out recording of his favorite song, and it's just not hitting the same. I'm actually curious, Mike. Do you relate to this? Because I feel like you're you're probably I don't know. I feel like you're you're a romantic person at heart, and like you, I don't know. Like this this is basically the the guy's introduction to the fact that he's going to essentially cheat on his significant other. And I don't I'm curious how that rests with you. Steve, I mean Nick, let me tell you. I uh I love a good love story. Happens all the time to our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Steve. No, I I like a good love story. I like the upbeat tempo. I love how happy it is. Deception disloyalty I'm not into but you know what sometimes that's for other people and when both let's let's dig more into the sun and we can figure out how we feel about that fair while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read I love I love the visual of this verse in my head. So he's just saying he's saying 
Uh, what was it? I, I I looked at my lady. She was asleep in bed. So presumably she's there next to him. And I'm just in my head. I'm just imagining this guy like sitting up in bed, looking at the woman asleep next to him and going, oh, God, this fucking woman. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, if I have to sleep next to her one more fucking night. Like th- th- that's just like the face. That's like th- that's what he's saying. He's just like looking at. I'm just imagining this poor woman just gently sleeping, unaware, next to him in bed, very, oh, very nasty. calm and peaceful. And he's just sit- he's just sitting there next to her with this disgusted look on his face. Like, ugh, if I have to look at that face one more time, uh, what's I gotta do something about this? I agree, like, Steve. Fuck this uh, guy. She's sleeping. He's looking over and being like, "Wow, what a bitch." Hold yeah, basically, on now, that's what's hold happening on. in to my head. To defend this poor man, this made-up man, this Rupert Holmes alter ego man, we don't know. What if she stole all the blankets in bed and he's sitting there with his like with his kneecaps out and he's 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 catching a bad draft and she, you're, he's you're right, trying Mike. to tug on him you're and right, she's Mike. not giving it's, up. It's much more reasonable to decide that you're going to cheat on your woman because she stole sheets from you in In, bed. Infidelity justified. He's literally tired of her sheet. Maybe maybe she was eating like a pizza in bed. There's crumbs everywhere. He's like pulling yep, them out of his Those things are equal. You're pants. absolutely right, Mike. No, you Mike, keep coming up li- with more equivalent things. Mike, she said she likes pina colada, not pizza colada. <laughs> I do love that he's got his paper out in bed. He's probably got his little glasses on. He's looking at, you know, going through the funnies, seeing Annie's mailbox, checking out, oh, some advice for these ladies. Oh, man, I, I could really use some. And then he gets to the personal ads, and he's like, oh, man. You know, Annie says you got to follow your heart. What's this? Well, this, what's this lady? She likes pina colada. You know, I've never had a pina colada. I'd probably go for one, though. You ah, know? Just, just checking out the personal ads, seeing if there's any hitmen I can hire to assassinate this woman I hate now for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I'll fall in love with the hit. Maybe it's a hit woman. I'll fall in love with them. That'll be a beautiful story. Wait, if you is it is it if you were picking up a hit woman, would that still be called hitting on them? You put out a hit on my heart. Ah, oh, you shot me. Oh God. Well, I, I suppose for people who are rustier so, on the song, um, the chorus explains exactly what he read in this ad. Yes. So this is what the personal ad is. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain If you like making love at midnight In the dunes on the cape I'm the love that you look for Write to me and escape Ah, so... So many lovely things this this mystery are, woman has written. Are, are they lovely things? Because let's break it down. I'm looking for somebody who drinks, isn't stupid, and enjoys public sex. <laughs> okay, uh, Steve, where's the cons in that? I was going to say, a woman after Mike's heart. <laughs> well, you like having a few boozy beverages. You got half a brain, so you're half smart, right? That's fine. And uh, I'm looking for someone who's not even smart. I'm looking for someone who's not a complete idiot. That's what that means. Also, Mike, I feel like I, I will admit, dear listeners, I feel like a hypocrite for giving Mike a little bit of grief because I have been uh, gently nursing a tequila sunrise for this entire episode as well while I give Mike shit for his pina coladas. At least Mike is on brand for this episode. I just had a long yeah. day and needed a cocktail. 
<laughs> well, actually, Nick, I'm glad you said that. So I feel like a tequila sunrise is your escape beverage. Uh, I like me some, um, oh, God. What's um, the Foley work? Craig Foley work. I can't remember. I can't remember. Is this what the I Hall of the Mountain King? <laughs> hey, you know what? Margaritas, man. I think a good margarita, I feel like I'm always having a good time. What's your, what's your escape beverage there, um, Steve? A, a good warm book. glass of milk before bed. I uh, I don't I don't think that I well it depend it depends on what we're determining the word escape to mean. If the word escape refers to escape from general reality and consciousness, it's a Long Island iced tea. Woo, Steve! I haven't had one of those since college. So listen, so uh, Rupert Holmes here. He had an interview with Carl Weiser from Sonfacts.com. And he had a few things to say that I thought was pretty interesting. First of all, so the Pina Colada song is technically called Escape. But after it was made, everybody was going up to the stores and asking to hear the Pina Colada song. Because nobody knew it as the Escape song because everyone remembers the chorus when they say Pina Coladas. And that's all people cared about. Right? Um... And it was, uh, it was his most successful song, but the least typical of the kind of work he was doing, right? So, it was part of his fifth album. And the album was his Partners in Crime album that he did through Infinity Records, right? And the story goes, album had a lot of ballads and he needed an up-tempo song. He composed a little ditty for his own amusement. And as he's staring out the office window on Fifth Avenue, uh, he realized that every store... Uh, he could see he was selling Italian fashions of one sort of another. So he's saying and he hummed to himself and he, uh, he popped this lyric that <laughs> I think you guys will think of uh, a previous on Topsy alumni with this, maybe. Fire baby, with your new Gucci shoes, poochie poochie baby, Gucci geese, Gucci goose. Does that make you think of anybody? Nope, no one. Absolutely <laughs> fucking no one. Not, not, uh, not <laughs> I, I felt a little pumped a little bit. The, the Gucci Yes, game? of course. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta say what you mean to mean what you say, Nick. <laughs> uh, but that uh, that one, so he he wasn't really feeling that, that lyric. No, he wasn't. Oh, no, I can't so. believe that. So then uh, another one came to America, mind. Like, America as a society wasn't dumb enough yet for that kind of magic. Give it another so, 40, 50 years. So uh, another attempt he had was, that's the love of the jungle in the school of the street. You get out of the kitchen if you can't take the heat. Right? I was going to say, did, did he? was this song originally about his experiences in Vietnam? <laughs> Why do you say that? It just sounded like like all of the like aphorisms he was just using just sounded like it was... Wait, what was it again? Hold on, read back to me. That's the law of the jungle in the school of the street. Yeah, it sounds like it's. he's just talking about like... It's like this... this uh, I'm writing this fun song. It's all about how uh, like... Man eat man, dog eat dog. You've got to fuck people before they fuck you. Kill and eat before you're killing eating. Killed and eaten. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's going to be a fun song. <laughs> it's amazing that truly almost any song can fit into this kind of like cadence that he wrote. Like, it's the eye of the tiger. 
It's the thrill of the fight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> listeners, pick a song and just insert the chorus in, and, and it will work, guaranteed. So, back to Rupert Holmes and why he liked this song, or what he, how he made this song be what it is. Uh, anyway, the last thing I told you about the uh, the jungle, the streets, all that shit, he thought it was more of a Billy Joel feel. And then he had... Yeah, speaking of someone who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about when they write a song, <laughs> I've got a whole series of, I got a whole song topsy mini series of uh, songs that, and that I don't, I don't know what it is yet, but the title of the show is basically going to be Billy Joel sings about things he doesn't understand. <laughs> like Billy Joel sings about being a circus clown in uh, Soviet Russia. Billy Joel sings about being a, a captain on a sh- on a uh, fishing boat. Billy Joel explains the whole GameStop stock controversy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, listen, at the end of the day, he finally settles. He, t- he takes a day, and he actually writes a whole story behind the ditty. And he originally wanted the lyric, when he finally wrote everything out, and he was... And he was the night before he writes it and he's driving there and the 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 lyric was supposed to be supposed to be if you like Humphrey Bogart and getting caught in the rain and as he was getting on the mic he thinks to himself I've done so many movie references to Bogart and widescreen cinema on my earlier albums maybe I shouldn't do this one and he thinks instead with the emphasis on, like, I could start at a syllable earlier and go, if you like pina coladas, I thought, what can I substitute? Well, this woman, and this is how he gets her. He goes, well, this woman wants to go on an escape. She wants to go to islands. When you go on vacation islands, you sit on the beach. Someone asks you what you want to drink. You never order a Budweiser. You don't have a beer. You're on vacation. You get a drink and a hollowed-out pineapple with the flags of all nations and a parasol. And if the drink is blue, you'd be very happy. And a lawn straw. I thought, what are those escape beverages? This is what he's saying. There's the daiquiri, the mai tai, the pina colada. You don't you don't order a drink that you have to pay royalties for if you sing about it. That's the kind of drink you order. <laughs> you don't order a Blue Moon or a Budweiser, even though you probably did. No, you order a drink completely royalty free and in the public domain. <laughs> royalty free. And hopefully at least 50% alcohol going in there. If I may drop all pretenses of actually making this funny or setting up a joke. I if find I might the- drop all pretenses and start without all the jokes. Steve, weirdly enough, your interruption is actually also kind of related to the point that I was about to make. Because truly, I would say you could fit the song Escape the Pina Colada song as like, if you're making a list of the 100 most influential songs of the 20th century, I think this song could fit somewhere in that list. And Mike, knowing this, I find it fascinating <clears throat> that truly it's the first part of the course. if you like Pina Coladas and Getting Caught in the Rain, that everyone knows. Even if you haven't heard this whole that's song, it. even if you don't know what it's about, you know that's that part. And the fact that, th- that that part of that song is in the brains of everyone in the world and everyone has heard and it was just a split second last minute change that he made like that tiny little connection of mm-hmm. synapses that made him change his mind ended up influencing in maybe a minor way but still everyone in the world 
their interpretation and their perception of the song. Because if he had made it yeah. Humphrey Bogart, would it have been as famous? I don't know. No flipping way, man. It's not no a sexy way. name. You can't drink a Humphrey Bogart. Anybody can, can drink a pina colada. Oh, I could drink that guy up. What are you talking I about? Mean, <laughs> and all the pina colada joints and all the tiki bars in all the world, you had to walk into mine. Okay, Steve. <laughs> what? Fuck you. It's Casablanca, you piece of no, shit. No, I like that. I, li- I, li- I liked it. I liked it. I was going to say, Steve, our boomer and octogenarian listeners will really love that reference. <laughs> That's a great movie. Whatever. That, every time I every time I try to bring culture to this show, the two of you dick it up. <laughs> Steve, aren't you missing your screening of Howdy Doody right now? Really? Really? Howdy doody? You yeah. couldn't, yeah. couldn't find doody. anything? Howdy fucking couldn't find doody. Anything, couldn't oh. find anything subtler than that? Oh, guys, I don't know about you, but I think I need a little more pina coladas in my life. <laughs> Let's get back to it, baby. Mike, put the drink down. I didn't think about my lady. I know that sounds kind of mean. But me and my old lady have fallen into the same old dope. Wow, so we're supposed to sympathize with this guy. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about her, even though I was sitting next to her sleeping form while thinking about cheating on her. In fact, that's the only reason, that's the only thing I was thinking about in relation to her was the cheating of on her. Do, you know, you don't know what was happening that day, Steve. So you know, the, uh, I, don't. I know that sounds kind of mean. Guys, <laughs> look, I'm totally 100% self-aware. I know that that sounds kind of mean, but go with me on this. Ah. Uh. You know, it sounds like this relationship he's in needs needs a little uh, work. You know, he needs uh, understatement of the century. (laughs) This is basically a Maury show episode, just made with pleasant background music. I do love, like, also what's happening in this song is something I don't think Gen Z can imagine doing. Reading a newspaper. Reading a reading <laughs> reading a, newspaper. Reading a writing newspaper, a letter. Reading writing. Reading like a personal ad from it and responding to said ad. If someone remade this, it would just be someone swiping on Tinder while their girlfriend was next to them. Yeah, and where's the ro- see? And that's what I like about <laughs> this a little bit better. At least, at least there's some effort into the. <laughs> it's like hey. Hey, kids, you know what also happened in the 70s? If you tried to call someone and they weren't home, they just never got your phone call. <laughs> no, you left a message, Steve. On oh, what? my God. On what? Answering machines were not commercially viable until the beginning of the 80s. Steve! Steve, you are, you, oh, oh, you brought, you know, you brought in my second point a little early, and I love it. I love it so much. So... Speaking of, Mike, how- put your pants back on. Ooh, ooh, I can't. Let me I can't see fit both your hands. Anymore, Steve. Too both excited. hands on the desk. <laughs> so, listen, there's uh, so Rupert Holmes uh, on his uh, Partners in Crime album had three hits. Had three hits. Pina Colada by far was the number one chart, you know. Uh, and then there was him, which came in at number six, peaked at number six, and then at peaking at number thirty-two. Was can you really s- call it peaking if it's number thirty-two? Not Back in the day, has- that was actually impressive. Come on, you are you are in the top third of songs listened to. I mean, I mean, I'd take it. 
Whatever. Actually, you know what, Steve? You have a good point. Why don't we listen to this song, Answering Machine, and we can see why it didn't go any up any higher than that. So this was that but song? What that- I love about this, what I love about this is because Rupert Holmes is really into discussing love over different ways of correspondence that aren't in person. And I, and I think it's very funny to me. This is called Answering Machine. A little while ago, I went and placed a call To tell this girl I know that she could have it all mm, The wedding, the ring, the whole dumb thing I was willing to tie the knot So I called her up, and this is the answer I got So, 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 so listen, he's, he's literally calling to propose Oh, that's he's, what he's doing. He's he's proposing over the phone. Beep boop 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 beep boop. And he gets the answering machine, and this is what this is what he hears. Uh, okay, wait. I'm going to exist. I'm existing in this brief magical moment where I don't know what he's going to say, listeners. But Mike, you, sorry, sorry to borrow an expression, but are you telling me that the chorus of this song is him leaving a message on someone's answering machine to the person he's proposing to? <laughs> Nick, yes, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I want to continue to live in ignorance. I don't want to hear what the fuck he possibly has to say. Okay, fine, fine. We'll listen to it. Oh, boy. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. I'm not in at present. I'm sure you know this whole routine. Leave your name and number, and I'll try to get back to you. You have 30 seconds to talk to me before you're through. <laughs> Yo. So, so okay. I'm okay, sorry. so that's, that's, that's her, her answer. That's, that's her, her answering machine. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And now he's about to tell her how he feels. That This is when he says it. This is. But wait, what do you. <laughs> There's just something about sinning about leaving a message on an answering machine. You'll, ne- you'll never hear a song like this again. Like, who's leaving voicemails now? Uh, people are afraid to call each other. It's insane. Well, the only voicemails I currently have on my phone are like spam calls that I haven't deleted yet. Like, you know, insurance will be docked immediately unless you call us now. That's everyone. Nobody's proposed marriage to me yet, at least as far as I can tell. I need to double check. Where's the marriage proposals over voicemail, okay? Uh, (laughs) Nick, Nick, you should check your voicemail. Steve, finally. The ring's in the mail. (laughs) I proposed over the phone, and I post office mailed the ring. Not even UPS or FedEx. I was like, no, I'm going to do this like Rupert Holmes would have done in the 70s. Snail mail and answering machine. (laughs) What a romantic. (laughs) Now that's the kind of swinging 70s love I need in my life. You you say what a romantic. What an unreliable communicator. Anywho, yes, I I am very interested to hear what he has to say. Said, Baby, let's go get married. Okay, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> that's, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> Baby, let's go get, get married. Because I truly, in my head, I was trying to think, okay, what could he possibly say? Like, what creative way could he tie this all together? And he didn't find a creative way to tie it. He just said the first thing that popped into his head. He's only got 30 seconds. That's true. TikTok. Oh. All right, hang on. Let's actually hear a little bit more. And I said, Baby, let's go get married. I need to know your mind. I am hanging on. I am hanging on. I am hanging on this line. 
<laughs> he used up his time. Come I on. was I was I was deeply deeply hoping that's what was going to happen. Cuz if it didn't happen, I was going to make it happen when we were done with the song. But he went where I thought he should. So thankfully I don't have to make it worse. Okay, so let's get let's get let's get back to the pina colada song. That was a nice little tangent about answering machines though. <laughs> I wrote to the paper. Took out a personal ad. I like Rupert Holmes. I like him a lot. But also fuck him. And when I say this, I say this. Well, I'm just saying this. Say it with respect and love. <clears throat> with respect and love. Fuck you, Rupert Holmes. I'm nobody's poet. You literally have been writing all these fucking songs for these different artists, including Barbara Streisand. But he's playing. And you're going to be like, eh, it wasn't that bad. You literally came up with the lyrics like the most important lyric, five seconds before you get up there. And maybe, well, perhaps, is that why he says that? Mike, this was the first humble brag. This was Rupert Holmes, the songwriter, playing a character who's, like, not so fancy with the words and the vocabulary. This is just his way of projecting, I don't know, a more salt-of-the-earth persona on himself. When, as you say, he is a very accomplished songwriter and lyricist. Ah, uh, old low barn Holmes. That's what I know him as. That's it. Low barn and all day. Ah, yeah. Everyone called him. He was terrible at the high jump. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was dumb. I liked it. <laughs> everyone, everyone wow, called. Man. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> everyone called him low ball and Holmes. Ron Howard voiceover. No, they didn't. <laughs> so he responds. Yes, I like. something I don't understand or I do understand lazy people like lazy people and active people like active people and lazy active people get confused with lazy active people right this guy and this lady he's talking to via the paper um, they don't like yoga and they don't like health food they like Self-destructive activities. You're going to catch a cold outside in the rain. You're going to get alcohol poisoning with your pina coladas. And you're going to catch at least hepatitis C with with the... What kind of how, sex would you call that? How many goddamn pina coladas do you have to drink to get toxoplasmosis? I don't know, but Mike <laughs> yeah. might find out as we continue to record this episode as he takes another swig. At, at least he would if he had actually made a pina colada. By his own admission, he's made like a pineapple milk. Curdled pineapple oh, I, milk. I, I, I made a, I made a two-rum mixer pineapple milky mess over here. That's That's, I mean, look at this. Guys, look, the milk separates from the liquor. I, I don't even, I don't, you see how it's like kind of nestling at the top there? You're a very tiny window. I can't see, and our listeners definitely can't see. But yeah, I, I mean, I know what you mean. I've, 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 I've accidentally poured like almond milk into my coffee when it was like especially acidic, and then it gets all curdled. So I know what you mean. 
What, Nick? What? No, I, I don't. I don't know what you mean. I know you're pouring like milk into a coffee and it's curdling. That doesn't make what. I all I'm saying is that I know what it's like to see curdled milk beverage in another beverage. Remind me not to drink gluten free coffee. Coffee is gluten free. <laughs> if you like gluten free coffee, which is also just coffee. <laughs> God, what a waste of a personal ad that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just clarifying for all those people who don't realize. <laughs> it's more of a public service announcement than like a personal ad. Uh, you new to celiacs? Meet me for a cup of coffee. There is, there is a gluten-free gluten dating service that a lot of friends have sent me that I've never been on called Gluten-Free Singles, where the, the core concept of the app is that the thing you have in common is that you, your body can't process wheat. So does it? Do you say can't wait to meet you? <laughs> Nick's just upset he didn't say it. I was gonna say if I weren't in a loving relationship currently, I would join that app just to say that line to someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! All right, the dinner so rolls make you shocky. What he's written? He's written it's his a- correspondence. He's saying, "I'm sorry." Steve, you had a really funny joke. No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> funny. It was stupid. I hate it. I hate you, too. Oh, it's okay, Steve. Mike, we should always give him time to second-guess his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> if you let make in poor joke choice... Oh, that was stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I said, if dinner rolls make you shocky. Shocky? What? Shock? Shocky? I was trying to find a way to say to put you into shock, but to fit the meter, and I failed. Steve, we gave you an out, and you still said the stupid joke. I know. I know. Oh my god! Wait. <laughs> I guess he? you could say. I guess you could say I'm a gluten for punishment. Oh god! <laughs> Redemption. That joke was better off bread. Mike, you were saying. Oh Jesus! Um, fucking, let's just let's just get back into this, guys. I can't. Listeners, I can't. Mike is at the Mike is at the requisite pina colada level where he is really feeling the emotional arcs of this song. Now, you know what's fucked up? You know what's fucked up? You know what Rupert's doing? Cheating on his significant other? Worse, though. Worse. Because they're going to escape. You know? He's doing... Actually, he's made a few missteps here. He's meeting his day at the bar at noon. All right, I shouldn't judge that so much. I've drinking at the bar at noon plenty of times. Sometimes 11. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... He's not breaking up with his lady before he goes. And I'll tell you why. It's, a, it's, it's, it's fucked up. He's got to meet this lady. Because if it doesn't work out with this lady, he ne- he's going to stay with the other lady. He's hedging his bets. It's, it's, uh, it's fucked up in the love game when you do that, isn't it? He's short-selling love. <laughs> and then buying it back for a profit. <laughs> That's what short selling is, Nick. 
I know that's what's great. That that's what that's what hedging your bets is. If only you were like there was like a job title where hedge was a word in it. Hmm. Where Can't are the three Reddit nerds that are stalking his girlfriend that are just ready to jump in and be like, hey, <laughs> we got what you need right here. You're not you're not going out of style. You're not out of business. You ain't out of nothing, lady. You got I, everything we need. The funniest the funniest aspect of that visual you created, Mike, is if it is a hundred percent innocent, because I know the the tendency from what you just said is to imagine like these guys stalking a woman on the internet and jumping her. Oh yeah, but, see, I'm but, glad you understood but, the more. But the, <laughs> but the the innocent the innocent version of that is far more is is super is hilarious. Because if if you honestly just had three people going through the trouble of stalking someone on the internet just to show up at a cafe to offer them dating advice based on the information they've learned about them. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. We're not here to hurt you or anything. We're here to help you with your love life. See, he likes this, this, and this. And I know that you like that, that, and that. So you guys got to come to a conclusion. Peter, Peter, what, what, did she, what did she say last week in that one post, that one, that one text she sent? What did she say? Wow, you saved my relationship. Thanks, Reddit nerds. From the future, you guys got ten thousand dollars. You, you have to take. <laughs> yeah. You have to take that one hundred percent innocently for it to be funny. I, Steve, I'm glad you knew I meant it innocently. Like that is, you know, it's like you just hop in my brain and know what's funny. That's get out, get out. <laughs> <laughs> be careful in there, Steve. It's fragile. Anyway, so he's uh, he's so, committed so to being a jerk. So he tells her, yeah, he's gonna meet at O'Malley's by noon the next day. Let's see what they do. So I waited with high hopes, and she walked in the place. I knew her smile in an instant. I knew the curve of her face. It was my own lovely lady, and she said, "Oh, it's you." Said, I never this is my favorite part of the song for a few reasons. I believe every successful relationship has to undergo a trial of errors, a trial of mistakes, and a trial of just not being so sure. Well, you're ready to throw it all away. So you're saying every relationship needs to have a basis in Shakespeare. If you're because Steve, if your relationship isn't a little bit Shakespearean, are you living? Most of them didn't. I just imagine a bunch of guys at the bar going like, oh, me thinks my lady doth protest too much. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'd li I'd like to take a pound of flesh if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh. Actually, it's funny you say that, Steve. Were you aware that Rupert Holmes is a serial is, killer? <laughs> well, one of his first big hits that got him on the charts, that got him, that got him going. <clears throat> Mike, what what number pina colada is this that you're pouring for yourself? This is my third okay. pina coladas. 
doing some types of report. <laughs> yes, you were saying about his other hits. Chilling with my favorite douchebags. Hey, I'll take that. Okay, compliment. first of all, I first of all, listeners, that is not our that is not our like name. Like, if you're trying to come up with a name for us, like if you're trying to come up with name for fans of the Song Tops Report, <laughs> it is not douchebags. It's your we favorite douchebags. Want... <laughs> hey, no three favorite douchebags, douche bags. Mike, Nick, and Steve. Welcome right? <laughs> to the douchebaggery report. <laughs> Mike, you were talking oh, about his fuck. other hit song. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Nick, you got me laughing too hard. I spilled curdled milk all over myself. Hold on a second. That looks oh, good. Oh, oh, no. I could Nick, s- that doesn't look good, does it? <laughs> Mike, you should not be drinking that. That's not like like that's that I was thinking like, okay, like almost like orange juice pulp level of curdle. That's like meaty chunks of curdle. Nick. Mike, that's a pina colnada. <laughs> Colnada. You won't be drinking. Mike, you remember, Mike, remember when I told you about what whey was? So is this pina colada and whey? A little bit. Little Mike Russell sat on a tata <laughs> with his weed and pina colada. Along came a lady to sit down beside him who said, that's gross, I've got to go. See you next time, Andrew Dice Clay, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Oh, I loved, I loved every syllable of that. Did you though, Nick? <laughs> There's no way I can edit that out now. So, yes, he had another I'm song. Sorry. Steve, start. Listen, I didn't want to bring this up, but when Steve brings up eating human flesh, I have to talk about the fact. That Rupert Holmes actually one of his first like songs he wrote for, which was for um, the buoys, the boys, the bullies, the buoys. Let's say the buoys. Uh, that song right there. Start at fifty-three. Uh, so before you start, this song is called Timothy, and it's about three young men who get a podcast. Um, they get stuck in a. <laughs> they're stuck in a podcast. No, no. Um, they're stuck in a mine that collapses. And, well, let's play the first bit, and I'll, I'll explain what happens. Oh, boy, I feel like I know where this is going. And Joe's telling this. Joe's telling the main guy. He's telling him. He's like, "Yo, man, I would sell my soul to eat some meat." And he's like, "There's enough to drink for two of us." And there's three of them in the mine. So, John, if you jump to a minute fifty-three, there, Nick, um, it kind of explains what happens to their friend Timothy. I'm sure they all get rescued. I'm chomping at the bit to figure out what it is. I've got a hunger to know.
okay. And if you guys have any thoughts on that, I could explain to you kind of how that all fits together. So, Rupert Holmes was a vocalist in this group as well, or just sang on this song? He had a buddy. All right, he was an engineer. His name was Michael Wright from Scepter Records. And he was delicious. He was. He had some tasty beats. No. Um, ah, and he found, he actually found a group out of uh, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, the Bowie's. And Scepter Records wanted to take a single from them, right? But Michael came to him. He comes to Rupert Holmes, and he goes, Rupert, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've only got this group, the Bowie's, and they only have a deal to make one single, and I know the label doesn't give a shit about them. Right. That's my language. I'm sorry. He doesn't know about them or care about them. Uh, they're not going to promote it. It doesn't matter what I record. What do I do with a fake opportunity? And what does Rupert say? He goes, I would have them record a song that gets banned. And he goes, what's the logic? And this is from an interview. All right, this is from an interview, the same one from the song, uh, songfacts.com. Um, <clears throat> what happens if the song gets banned? Michael asks him, and Rupert tells him it's not going to do anything. But if it gets banned, there will at least be controversy about the group. You can go to the levels and say, this is what they recorded and it got banned. It's a group that's so controversial. And if it hadn't been banned, it would have been a smash hit. So, yeah, you know, he's, he's kind of setting up this interesting narrative for this group. Um, so he asked him to write him a song. So he writes this song that really, as you, I mean, you're hearing it. It doesn't, it, it's, it, sounds, it sounds pretty good. It's, it's, it's kind of upbeat. It's catchy. But if you listen to the lyrics and you understand these these three guys are stuck in a mine and they're hungry, they're hungry and they're thirsty and they want flesh and Timothy disappears. Like kids started figuring out that uh, it was about cannibalism. And this we're talking like this is back in like the 70s, right? Yeah. So this is crazy. And kids are calling in and they're requesting the song. And um, at first radio stations were playing it because they didn't realize it. And then when kids were really requesting it more and more, uh They'd start pulling the song and be like, you can't listen to that. And the kids would be like, why'd you pull it off? And they'd be like, because it's disgusting. You shouldn't be listening to stuff like that. And Scepter Records, because despite it getting banned from place to place, it kept climbing. It kept climbing up through the ranks. And Scepter Records, in the beginning, didn't even know it was on their label. That's how little they cared about the buoys. They didn't. And they were like, they had promotion men who were trying to (laughs) break a single. Um... To break a Beverly Bremer single would say we couldn't get it on the station. They went with that stupid song called Timothy. And someone looks at him and goes, you idiot, it's on your label. So it's just a little fun fact about about this little fucked up cannibalism song. And, you know, and Rupert goes to say in the interview, did I have a personal feeling about joys of cannibalism? No. I was a 20-year-old kid. And uh, but I was hungry to do something successful in the music business, and I diagnosed a dilemma that a friend of mine had, and found an effective way of solving his problem. So, you know, we've talked about cannibalism in the past on a few episodes. I believe Big um, Lurch was our first venture into that. Big Lurch was, and you know, it was funny. You guys, uh, I think, w- maybe more. Maybe both. We're defending the the uh, the fact that art, just because you sing a song about eating people, doesn't mean you really want to eat people. 
And this is a, I mean, well, I can't speak for Big Lurch because who knows, but like this is an example that certainly stands behind that defense of, hey, I'm going to write a fucked up song because I know it's good for business. And, and that's why he wrote the Pina Colada song. <laughs> Mike, you know, you know what, you know what washes down a slice of Timothy real smooth? Oh, Pina Coladas, getting caught in the rain, and the feel of the ocean, and the taste of champagne. If you like making love at midnight, in the dunes of the Cape, you're the lady I look for. Come with me and escape. All right, guys. If you were, and maybe this will be the poll. I don't know. I'll think about it. But I want to ask you guys. Like, I thought it was going to be what your comfort drink was. that You asked that earlier. Oh, that's a good one, too. You know what? We'll figure it out because I got another question for you guys, and I'm sure you won't answer. Um, so, <laughs> you know, he likes the dunes of the Cape. Where would be your, if you were to write a personal ad as a, as you know, or actually, as a means of infidelity, <laughs> if you were to write a letter as a means of infidelity, what location of making love would you write in your paper? Oh, forget the infidelity. Just love, Steve. Doesn't good or bad. If, if you yeah, wrote Steve, a letter, love is love. <laughs> if you were rekindling the romance of. <laughs> I mean, probably one of those, uh, one of those like motels in the Poconos, where like the hot tub is fashioned to look like a giant martini glass. Sorry, I, I just thought of something wildly inappropriate that I'm not going to say. Ooh, what are you drinking, well, up, first. Steve? What's going on over there, Nick? What's <laughs> what do you say? Is... What do you say? I put the poke in Poconos. <laughs> oh no! See, Nick, it's fine. That wasn't inappropriate. It was just stupid. <laughs> Oh, thank God. You know, sometimes it's a fine line, and I worry. Nick, I love you. Aw. Like you said, lo- like I said, love is love. Listen to that voicemail later. Okay, it yes. says everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And Steve, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, guys, pretty much, uh, so, I don't know, we round this thing up. Guy gets tired of lady... Guy reads a letter from new lady. Guy gets excited by new lady, writes a letter to new lady. Guy goes to meet new lady, finds out new lady's old lady, realizes he loves old lady. How do we feel? I know, I, I to be honest, that. if I want to give this a non-cynical interpretation, Mike, I think you brought up a very good point earlier, that relationships tend to be tested. Uh, the big X factor, I would say, is we don't know exactly what he was going to do when he met this what he thought was a mystery lady. Um, Like, we don't know if he would have changed his mind, like, if it was not actually old lady. Um, But I will say, in the truest sense of the word, they deserve each other, because they both did the same thing and came back together. So I suppose, at the end, it's no harm, no foul, but uh, also, it's, it's weird how it's considered a romantic song in a weird way. I don't know. It well, is it's because like, it's, it's about deceit and deception and hiding things from your partner that you are planning on leaving. Well, it's like that. What's that REM song that everyone 
uh, play like calls in radio uh, again because I'm old. You know, like, you know, you know how you call radio stations to play songs for people. You know how that's the thing that still happens. Um, <laughs> no, there's that REM song that used to get like every Valentine's Day, someone would ask it to be played for their their loved one or their significant other, even though the song is about two people who hate each other and want to want to separate as far oh as possible. Oh my God! Wait, wait, wait! Can you can you send me a bit of it there, Steve? If I don't know the title, am I supposed? How am I going to know the actual lyrics? Is oh, it, this uh, one. Okay, this one goes, goes out. This one goes out to the one I love. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Yes. Oh fuck! That's a sad. That's not. That's not. That's not a good love song. No, huh? that's not a good song. That song is that the lyrics of that song are very poetic, and they are very much about uh, a person who doesn't want anything to do with this person anymore. I could tell by the minor chords. <laughs> It wasn't That's pretty really much all happy, REM. so I could tell it was the breakup song. Is that? That's pretty much all of REM's discography. Is like shiny happy people. So also a song about people being miserable, but very poetic, so you don't understand what they're actually saying. Oh well. On that note, boys, I feel like we've reached the end to our love, our love affair, and our escape. So uh like stop drinking that third pina stop colada. Drinking that Mike. My third curdled colada. Yeah, his, yeah. his third pina milkshake. Um but yeah, this was uh I'm glad we could dive into this. I'm glad we got uh I hope you guys learned a thing or two about Rupert Holmes. I know I did. I, did, I truly this song, I feel like I'm actually less familiar with this song than the average person in that I know the chorus, but uh this was very illuminating. Mike, thank you very much for the crack research job you did. I'm sorry, did you say crap research? Crack. crack. No, crack. Oh, God. Wow. Was like, I would not have said wow. that with such a... Wow, oh, wow. What a wow. shitty job I you really, did, Mike. I really tried to bring my A game today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh, no. I was trying to compliment you. No, it was a wonderful job. I like how Nick and I... I like how at the beginning of the episode, Nick and I can't clap in sync to save our lives if you put guns to our head, but we can correct Mike simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, Mike. Thank you so much. This was this was truly illuminating. Crack research job. Crack research. That's yes. the good stuff. That's the that's the stuff that gets you going. That's the kind of that's yes. the research. That's the research that's illegal in some states. Maybe all of them. Well, Oregon. Yeah, just Oregon. <laughs> just, Correction: decriminal, <laughs> decriminalized, not necessarily legalized. I feel like being a criminal in Oregon's legal right now. I, oh my. <laughs> I don't know, right-wing uncle on Twitter. It wasn't as a right-wing thing. It's just because the city's on fire. I'm actually really excited. I'm very excited for Fred Armisen to do another season of Portlandia about, like, what's happened over the past year and a half. Tell me that wouldn't be hilarious from, like, what they create, the universe they created. It wouldn't be called Portlandia. It'd be called Independent Square Block of Sovereignty-nia. Chaslandia, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> the autonomous zone, <laughs> Landia. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. But that is it for the Pina Colada song slash escape. Yeah, that's it, Nick, Steve. Uh, oh, should I go first? I'll go first, sure. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening into the Sontopsy Report. You can find our stuff on at the Sontopsy Report on our Instagram, or you can find my stuff at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And yeah, like Nick's probably gonna tell you, you know, check out all our other shit on like DapperDevilsProductions.com. Uh, uh, check out, 
check out our poll and our posts, folks, because we've been doing these weekly polls. Actually, I'm glad I just brought this up. Let me pull up the last one we had. We had a good one. This one was about Flying Man and Running Man. In relation to our Gangnam Style episode. In relation to the Gangnam Style episode, we asked you who... Well, I asked... Listen, it got a little confusing in the episode what I was going to ask. I <laughs> Pretty much, I asked who has the better style. Because you know what? I felt like some asshole out there knew who was faster, and I didn't care about that. I want to know who has the better style according to our man from Gangnam Style. So... Who would win in a race, The Flash or Superman, for our Gangnam Ooh. Style episode poll? It was very close, folks. It, it was, was, actually. A 47% for the running man, Mr. Flash, and a 53% for the flying man, Mr. Superman. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a Flash fan because I think Superman's OP, but if you're OP, maybe you got the best style. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I I made it clear when you broached this poll last week, I had at least an hour's worth of opinions on this particular subject. It's uh, the end of the episode. Fake fictional people. Who'd you vote for, Steve? Who'd you vote for? I I voted for uh, Superman. Uh, none of the above. You refused to vote. He voted for Jill Stein. Yeah, <laughs> Jill Stein. That's the only. That's the third Look, party I running only, man, woman I could I, I could get behind. I'm tired of this oh, two wait. party. <laughs> I'm tired of this two party running man, flying man system. I want ranked choice voting next time. Running man, flying man, stumbling man. Uh, Matter eater. Swimming man. I want a swimming man. Let's go. S swimming man. Uh, gently meandering woman. <laughs> These are the options I desire. Wonderful. Um, I have very and the new. Oh, sorry. Yes, the new poll. Yes. Well, I should. I mean, you know what, Nick? Actually, Nick, as the second person oh. in rotation, why don't you give us this poll this oh, week? Oh my goodness! Wow. Uh, well, first off, you can find me on the usual places I've always promoted. Uh, just look for Nick Brigadier on social media if you want to see what I'm up to. Uh, and for the poll, I suppose it should be related to what our listeners like in the same way that Rupert Holmes proposed it. So, if you had a choice, would you prefer pina colada or getting caught in the rain? Ooh, Do you like the spontaneity? Because you can't have both. You, you can't, can't have, have both. both. I feel like a pina colada sounds more enjoyable, but I feel like there are, there are, there's, I feel like our listeners are very, you know, free-spirited and, and, and in touch with themselves, and I feel like a lot of people might appreciate the getting caught in the rain part. I mean, I was I was obviously joking before about the ranked choice voting, but we don't need to make it either or. It can be all uh, of them. For Instagram, like we gotta make it either or. No, oh, I is it? Guess okay. It's two choices on the Instagram, the piece of well, shit fucking app that it is. I was <laughs> mistook. Um, but also, I, I, I like, like that. No, but Nick, I really like that, and I'll tell you why I like that. It's because, you know, I I, I love these curdled pina coladas, something fierce, but there is nothing, and I mean nothing. That beats like a make out in the rain, except maybe a make Mike, out in the snow. But like, Mike, that's this isn't a commercial. Kind of You're not it's filming commercial right now. You what? You're not filming a commercial right now. I, For well, I'm, listeners, I'm you can't you see. You can't see. Mike has like leaned up against the container where his camera is. Like he just took a chair, turned it around, and like swung his leg over it. 
hey, Riker kids. style to sit down. Hey, hey kids, hey. let me tell you something about drugs. <laughs> Some drugs are okay, but other ones, not so much. And we're going to really dig into it about which ones you can take home and hide from your parents and the other ones that you should... I don't know. That's kind of <laughs> fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> um, and but before this outro gets prolonged too much further, I feel like we should also... I just want to drop a little teaser for you listeners. Uh, we got something very exciting planned for p- probably next episode. Um, all I'll just say is it's something we haven't done before, and uh, and I think I'll just leave it at that. Actually, um, but I'm it. very excited. It's exciting. We joined stuff. the Olympics. I uh, gave it away. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Steve. Well, I guess there's no point in even saying where we can find you, Steve, because it's the Olympics. It's at the Olympics next year. Are we in a um, three-legged race with the three of us? Mike ran that all by himself, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I only had to hover over a little bit. That's that's why they call him the tripod. And that's not because he's good at photography. He's really shit at photography. I'm talking hey, about the size of his penis. Have you seen my DIY headshot, Steve? Thank you very Steve, much. Steve, you can be good at photography and have a big dick. They're not mutually exclusive. That'll be the poll. Anyway, I'm Steve Trollinger. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at... Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Your Man Trollo, uh, on my personal website, stephentrollinger.com, on the Dapper Devil Productions website, on uh, uh, YouTube. I have a channel with like three things on it, including my reel. I am also uh, recently is uh, Nathan's hot dog commercial uh, appearing nationally, or so I've been told. Just but if you want actually- scarfing them down on that commercial, right, Steve? Just <laughs> yeah. scarfing them down. And if you want to go see it, go to Nathan's YouTube page, and it is the video marked Virtual Wedding, and you will find me and Bravo's own Andy Cohen. Yes, if you want to see a video of Steve shoving as many hot dogs as he possibly can into his mouth, check out that commercial. It definitely happens. (laughs) (laughs) Insert insert Frank's red hot, but this is ridiculous. Insert Nick's obligatory OnlyFans joke here. <laughs> Insert hot dogs into Steve's mouth. <laughs> I am so entertained by myself. That's all. That, <laughs> listeners, that, that's the, if there's a moral to the story, that's the take-home point. As long as you can make yourself laugh, that's all you need in life. Nick! I, yes! That is it! Hey, because if you make yourself laugh, at least one person's laughing. Exactly. You don't need pina coladas or getting caught in the rain, but still vote in that poll. And until next time, uh, I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm the love that you've looked for. Steve, the answer is yes. Yes, I just checked my messages. Uh, And we will see you next week. Take care. <laughs>